Hello, wonderful humans, and welcome to our second episode of Evolving Indians. Um, we are actually recording our first three episodes back to back. Therefore, for this episode, we're not going to discuss how each other's week have has been. We're just going to ask each other one thing that they're looking forward to for the week to come, um, just to keep it interesting and keep it a bit different. So, Nisha, what is one thing that you're looking forward to for next week? Uh, I'm going to Drunkyard Golf on Monday, I think, which is what I was trying to book before we started um, filming these episodes. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going with my friend and her best friend, and I'm really excited. What are you doing this week? Um, I am going for drinks on Monday, which is one thing that I'm looking forward to, and my prom dress has actually arrived well I've ordered a few prom dresses from different places and it said that it has arrived in store so I'm going to collect that and hopefully I should find the dress this week whether my prom goes ahead or not is a different question but it'll be nice to have a fancy dress to try on I was just going to ask that I mean you could always wear it you could do your own prom with your close friends Mm -hmm. if um our prom does end up getting cancelled. When we go to Newcastle, the dresses that a lot of us have got are quite casual. So I might just take it for that instead and possibly wear it there instead. Good mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, so this week we have decided to do our, an academic journey episode where you can hear all about what subjects we studied and some of the study tips that we have for future students. Yeah, the uh, the study tips was my was my idea, and now I'm currently studying at the moment, and I feel like I need to hear <laughs> some myself. Um, okay, so should we just begin with um, what did you study at GCSE A level? What university did you go to, and what course did you sign up for? Okay, so. At GCSE, I did music, French, food tech, and business studies. They were my optional units. Um, and then at AS level, I did maths, English lit, sociology, and business. But I dropped out after my AS level. And then I ended up doing a BTEC for two years, which was in business with an accounting pathway. And then at uni, I did accounting and finance for a year, and then I dropped out again. And what university was that? Uh, so I went to Leeds Beckett for a year, um, doing accounting and finance. Thank you, Dokey. Um, what is one piece of advice? I know you asked me this on the last episode. What's one piece of advice you'd give to yourself um, before you start your GCSEs? Before I started? Um, mm-hmm. Probably to revise... Probably that, yeah, my exams aren't the be-all and end-all, but that I should put more effort into my revision mm-hmm. for GCSE. Um, for AS level, any advice you'd give yourself before those? Yeah, I would tell myself to just, like, at the time, I so I dropped out because I, I couldn't handle it. Like I was going through a lot of stuff in my head and I just, I wasn't in the right frame of mind to do AS level, but I would have told myself to stay there and do it. Um, to be technisha. Um, yeah, there is not much advice I could give there because I was like, B tech is really good for some people, but for me, I'd already done AS, and I think it was so easy. I like flew through the course because I'd already done all the material at AS level. Mm. So, 
Um, I don't know what I, I wouldn't give any advice to be Technisha. I'd say not mm-hmm. to do it. And what about university, Nisha? Oh, I would definitely say not to go to university. I would say it was such a waste of time. And the student loan for my first year is just ridiculous. That that's fair enough. Um so I am a current year thirteen student. Well, I've just left this summer. Um, at GCSE, I also took music and I did statistics and EPR, which is ethics, philosophy and religion. Um, at A-level, I took biology, biology, chemistry, and then I enjoyed EPR so much at GCSE, I decided to take it again. And at university, I'm hoping to study biomedical sciences at Aston University, hopefully. What advice would you give to yourself at each of those stages? Oh, okay. Um, At GCSE, I would say don't stress as much as you were. Because looking back at it, I was far too stressed for a GCSE student when they weren't the be-all and end-all. Yes, they were important. But, like, you got where you needed to be and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. At A-level, I actually would have told myself not to have done A-levels. I would have told myself to have done BTECs because I I had a very close friend who didn't get the grades she needed to get back into Born Grammar. And um, she then went to a different school and she did BTECs instead. And she was flying through her BTECs because, like you said, I feel like BTECs are for certain people and A-levels are for other kind of people. If you're the kind of person that doesn't test very well and you you get stressed out very easily, I feel like BTECs are more for you because it is coursework based and um, you might be better off with that because it's, it's easily broken down into smaller chunks kind of thing for you. Um, and one thing I really wish looking back at it was that there wasn't so much negativity sort of based around BTECs. Like at my school, they don't offer BTECs. And I feel like because they don't offer them, nobody ever really considered them because they were like, oh, well, if I do a BTEC, I can't come back here. I might not be able to go to university, which is not the case at all. Um, looking at it now, I could actually get onto my course with a BTEC. Um, the only thing is certain courses, like I did originally plan to do medicine, would not accept anyone with a BTEC. So to any of our listeners out there who are just finishing their GCSEs and picking whether to do A-levels or BTECs, I think it is something to sit down and really think about with yourself. Um, do you test well? Um are you prepared to go into because a levels and as it has changed a lot but i think between my time at school and your time at school and now it's just a levels they don't offer as anymore so it's like you're about to be tested on two years worth of knowledge um so if you feel like you would be better with coursework maybe it is worth looking at doing a btech instead so yeah, I would definitely say I should have done BTECs rather than A-levels, but I can't change that now. And I have not been to university yet, but going to uni, I want to say, I guess, try everything and 
um hopefully it should it should I've heard first year is not not as stressful as second third fourth year so I'm like enjoy first year and we'll see how it goes good advice um yeah on that that BTEC part I don't know I think the content is the same but it's like it's kind of all your assignments are kind of like mini exams but there's just it's just not as stressful as AS I finished my BTEC about three months early because I knew the knowledge for it and it got to a point where I was doing my assignments in college and I just didn't show up to lessons because I was so ahead that I just said I wasn't going or I would just sit with my headphones in um I just yeah I hated college but um but yeah BTEC is a is a I think it's a better way forward to have like a mix of both because the two years the two years of knowledge in one exam is just is just not ideal for me like, I have such a bad memory I definitely am not built for exams yeah looking at it now I feel like a-levels make students incredibly stressed out, whereas with BTECs, I feel, because they test regularly at certain inter- intervals, you've got coursework and exams. Um, it's a much fairer way of assessing students. So to anyone who is thinking about doing BTECs again, I would definitely say, like, go for it. Um, by doing a BTEC, you are not closing any doors for yourself. Look up the course that you want to do at uni and see if you will be accepted with BTEX and if you will be accepted then possibly consider it because it will be a less considerable amount of stress put on you much less stress mm-hmm. I agree with that um what advice would you give someone when trying to figure out what course they want to do at university um I would definitely say do something that you enjoy doing so my my first year, um, I, I don't know why I say my first year because I'm only there for one year, but in, in that year that I was there, um, we had this assignment to do on, um, I think it was on the international accounting standards. And I actually still work in finance and it's a lot more interesting when you're in the job, but doing it as theory, unless you're either really passionate about passing the course or you're really passionate about the subject, I think it's really, really hard to to actually motivate yourself to study something you don't want to do. So I would say do something that you're passionate about, do something that you like doing, or something that you know you will like doing after the course. Because I remember being sat there trying to do this assignment and just thinking this is the most boring thing I've ever had to write. I just I just didn't want to do it. And it was because it was so unbelievably boring. And I think that also goes hand in hand with don't ever go to university doing a course that someone else has told you to do whether that be parents whether that be friends whether that be teachers at school um if you're gonna go to university it is a lot of money um in the uk here it is nine thousand two hundred and fifty pounds i think it was nine grand when i went so that's probably about yeah something like that it's it's a lot of money per year so it's not something that you want to be doing just to please other people. Like you need to be wanting to go for yourself and you need to be doing a course that you genuinely are going to be interested in, find interest in, because that will make it a lot more worthwhile. I know far too many people that 
have gone done a like started on a course that they've done because someone told them to or they wanted to please other people and then ended up either switching course and having to repeat a year or completely just dropping out so I don't think that's worth it at all um what some advice I know for people who are indecisive on what they want to study would be um this year's been very difficult considering um unis like the online online days and stuff like it's been all online with the open days however um all my teachers would say is like go and speak to every single department that you find interesting and you might find something that like you genuinely have a passion for and you might want to start studying that I was lucky enough the year before COVID hit I decided to go and look at University of Leicester with some friends and I wanted to do medicine back then but it was good that I went to speak to the people at biomed I also went to speak to the people at pharmacy psychology and even nursing and I'm so glad that I did that because now I'm actually going to study biomed so it was nice to hear how similar the course was possibly to medicine but just how it was going to be less stressful so speak to people network like communicate with other people and that might be a way of you figuring out what you want to do if you don't know but also just know that if you don't know what you want to study just yet that's okay we're 18 I feel like there's a lot of pressure put on young people to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives but you can always pick and change true I know loads of people that went to uni did a subject came out and then are working in a completely different field um the only the only times that doesn't apply is for stuff like medicine or i can't think of anything else yeah probably like medicine dentistry nursing maybe even like maybe engineering but it's it's only if you're going into a specialized subject so i think just do something that if you're not sure what you want to do yet and you've not got a set career plan then do something that you enjoy doing and then there are always courses you can do afterwards um but yeah just I, I would definitely say do something you enjoy because those accounting exams were so boring yeah and time will fly a lot quicker if you're doing something you really love the amount of people that I have heard that have psychology degrees but are in such varied jobs people that are in the accounting world some people that are in business marketing business management and they've all got psychology degrees if you find that stuff interesting you're you're gonna do better at university you're gonna be more likely to get say the first or a 2-1 um which at the end of the day if a certain job or career doesn't care what your degree is in but they just care whether you get the first or that 2-1 that's gonna look better in a subject you found interesting rather than oh I got not so high in a subject that wasn't that great yeah um so I feel like it's a good part to say it's a good point to say that you don't have to go to uni for quite a lot of subjects now so like, I did accounting and finance and then towards the end of the year I started to look at apprenticeships and I realized that four years at uni plus I would have to do my um accounting qualifications on top of that like I would get exemptions from uni but I would still have to do studying after that to become a chartered accountant 
Whereas if I did it through an apprenticeship scheme, it would be so much quicker. So I would have, I could have been a chartered accountant by now. So definitely look at what your options are. Uni is worth it for the experience, but it's a lot of money to pay when you could essentially live out in a student area, I'd say, and do an apprenticeship. Um, when you first started university, would you say that's one thing you wish you'd probably looked into, potentially doing an apprenticeship? Yeah, definitely. D- definitely. Because I think if I had known that I didn't, I think I knew I didn't need to go to uni, but I think there was a lot of pressure for, in case I dropped out of accounting later on, that I should have a degree to fall back on. And I think it is helpful for that. Um. But yeah, I mean, I could have been a chartered accountant and then I could have gone into different fields similar to that. Or I even could have taught, I could have taught like AAT or something. Mm-hmm. So there were still options for what I wanted to do. But yeah, I would def- I definitely wish I'd have done my apprenticeship from the start. And I feel like that's another thing. Schools don't support students enough with apprenticeships, finding apprenticeships. And it is awful that, a lot of the time they do try and coerce I think students to go to university because obviously that's what looks good come open evenings like we had this many students go to Oxford Cambridge XYZ which university so to any current A-level students that are listening to this podcast I urge you to do your research look into whether say you want to be a lawyer you want to be a nurse you want to be a pharmacist instead of just going to university to do this stuff look into would I be better off doing an apprenticeship there are degree level apprenticeships out there which mean you can get a degree you can still get paid and at the end of it you're going to come out on top compared to the people that went to university because they're going to have so much debt you're going to be just as qualified as them and you might even have a job secured after you have finished that said apprenticeship so just if you know what you want to do, look into it and see if an apprenticeship is going to be a better alternative for you to getting to that exact same pathway in life. Yeah, not even just the debt, but when you come out of uni, you have to have, like, so many people get degrees now. It's not like it used to be, I don't think, where um, you were ahead if you had a degree. You now have to have a degree and experience or you have to have a lot more experience. So for me, I kind of like, I'm in a better position than I would have been if I went to uni, because if I went to uni, I'd have struggled to get a job after, definitely. I think of the people that I was in the course with, I think they might be in, they, they might have gotten jobs in finance now, but I know at least a few who are struggling to get a job in an accounting firm because they don't have any experience. Whereas I could easily get that job now. But if I'd have been to uni, I'd no way. Yeah. Um, Did you find that when applying to university that there was a lot of pressure to apply to Russell Group unis? Um, Not for me, because I I don't think I ever really cared about which uni I went to. I don't know from my perspective like it looks good to have a good union there but you kind of get similar experiences anyway I think most uni experiences are the same um so I don't think that there was a lot of pressure from me I don't think I got a lot of support for applying for uni anyway I think 
um from the college that I was at I got like my personal statement looked at and stuff like that but I don't think they gave a lot of massive support I just like I was more looking at which cities I wanted to live in than the uni but obviously if you're doing something like biomedical science you need to look at the actual uni but for me it was as long as they had a placement year and as long as it was in a city that I liked that was my main points yeah so 100% when picking unis it's worth looking at what your priorities are um going to a grammar school I feel like there was a lot of pressure to apply to Russell Group universities and to be like be going to these unis um however at the end of the day I think it's better to have a first from say a lower uni than me to have gone to a Russell Group uni and gotten a 2-1 instead um and even so, like some universities are better for like technical subjects. Are the certain universities that aren't Russell Group may perform better than say a Russell Group university. So always look at, I suppose, league tables, but also speak to students on the course at that university. Um, I found that students at University of Birmingham, um, they found that biomed was kind of overlooked and that other courses were sort of getting more lab time and stuff compared to students that were at Aston, obviously not a Russell Group University, but they thought that they were treated all as equally and as fairly. Um, So it's worth just evaluating what your priorities are. I really wanted to either do a placement year or a year abroad because those are things that make you more employable. Um, whereas other people just sort of wanted to get the course over and done with and weren't bothered about those things. Um, So it's seeing what your priorities are and seeing where they sit within each other. And then I guess looking at the league tables can help, but it's not the be all and end all if you don't go to a Russell Group University. True. I think I do think the experiences are similar from friends that went to um, Russell Group universities I think they had the same kind of experience that I had maybe like a little bit more support but even then not enough to justify um, going there mm-hmm. yeah um, do you have any advice for students that are in the process or are thinking about writing their personal statements um, spend actual time on it I think my I think I think mine was quite rushed and I was lucky in the time that I went, Leeds Beckett had kind of transitioned from Leeds Met to Beckett and was trying to make a better name for itself. So they accepted, like, they gave out loads of unconditional offers. I think the majority of my friendship group at uni had unconditional offers for there. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I would say um, get advice from people who have written personal statements. Do loads of research online. Try and not copy. Um, I, like I, I know I didn't copy, but I did. We kept being told to do research online for what a good template of a personal statement should look like. But then try and not kind of duplicate that. I don't really even remember what mine was. I, mm-hmm. I remember that I said um, <laughs> I said I had read a book that I had only read part of and it was a, a finance type book and then I remember after my personal statement I was like oh do you know what I should really read this now <laughs> I should really finish it um 
and yeah I was I was reading it, it was actually really interesting I can't remember what book it was but yeah it's something that you need to spend time on and then after you do I think you kind of forget everything that was put in there but it's still worth the effort yeah definitely um I know for at my school um the summer before you start year 13 they kind of urged everyone to have like a first draft how many people actually had one since we were in a global pandemic my year not that many and we did get shouted and screamed at a lot by our sixth form advisor um however I think it's good to set yourself little deadlines um I set myself the deadline of having mine done by Christmas and I got it sent off in February. But again, speak to people, speak to people that have been to university, even if some people haven't been to university, it's always good to get other people to look it over for you. Um, I have a, we actually have a cousin who went to Cambridge University and I had him help me write my personal statement and he he sort of helped me to tweak it and make it sound really sophisticated and put together, which I really appreciated. Um, and also get teachers to look over your personal statement as well. I applied to biomed, so I had my biology teachers look over it because obviously it's quite a similar subject. And if you're going to say that you've read a certain book in your personal statement, make sure you do read that book because... If your subject has interviews by any chance and you turn up to the interview and you've not read that book, you're going to look a little bit like a Wally in the interview when you cannot tell the interviewer a single thing about it. Um, another thing our school also urged us to do was these things called MOOCs, which are massive open online courses. A lot of them are free nowadays. The only thing you have to pay for is a certificate, but you do not need the certificate to write you've done it on your personal statement. Um, we can link a few of the websites that I used in the comment section um, on Spotify down below. But I used FutureLearn um, and I just did courses on, I think I did microbiology. I did a course on that and then I could speak about it in my personal statement. Um, definitely do not plagiarise or use words from anyone else's because UCAS have a database of everybody's personal statements stored and if there is any chance that you have plagiarized from someone else's then all your universities will find out and you will simply get rejected it's not worth it but you can look at other people's um, personal statements for advice if you need like a template kind of thing but do not plagiarize it that's one thing I repeat any, any more advice did you have? No, I honestly don't really remember mine much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I completely forgot that we even had to write one. It's kind of like doing a cover letter for a job, though. You're, like, basically telling the uni why, partly why you want to study with them and partly why they should they should want you to study with them. Mm-hmm. You're basically just selling it yourself. You've just got to, just got to brag about yourself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, actually, now I remember what it was. Um, So don't lie in your personal statement. However, you can exaggerate some things. So um, I I was working a part-time job and I also did extracurricular activities as well as studying my A-levels. So I then managed to link that into saying that 
this then meant I was good at time management as I had to manage all three of them at the same time. They they don't know that I worked one day a week and I only did one extracurricular. However, that just then meant it sounded a lot more sophisticated and put together when I said, oh, I have good time management skills because I've had to manage these things. So don't lie. However, like exaggerate a lot of the things that you have done. If you have a job, if you did NCS, if you did extracurriculars, it doesn't matter when you did those things, just talk about them. But make sure as well that in your personal statement, you don't talk too much about your extracurriculars because at the end of the day, you are still applying for a specific subject. So make sure you are speaking about that subject, try and link it back to biomed. I would always say like, um, this means like I'm good at time management, which means I can then um, manage time during an experiment in biology, like try and make everything link back to why you want to study that subject, why you would be good at that subject. And another thing is read around your specific subjects as well. I found a really interesting study on a biomedical scientist that I spoke about in my personal statement um read around it and that way you can talk about it um but I think that is everything personal statement covered really yeah just on that I like when I was saying that I think it's similar to a cover letter I assume that if they're looking at a personal statement for like biomedical science then they'll have a list of things that they want to see talk about so like when we're um I've done interviews and recruitment recently um, for jobs and we kind of have we just skim read it we don't really read it which I assume is the same for people at UCAS um but yeah we we skim read it and then we're just looking for keywords to try and kind of think about what those keywords will be and make sure that you've got them in there so the keywords and then the example to back that up um but yeah I think that's I think it's really similar now that I'm thinking about it but I don't remember mine at all (laughs) Um, so what would be your number one study tip for any GCSE, A-level or university student out there? Okay, so I would say um, there's loads of kind of quizzes online where you can find out what learning style is best for you and then really, really utilise that. So I know for me that I have to do, like I'm, I'm, the kind of person who learns whilst they work so I have to do questions on questions on questions and they've got to be scenario questions so like for example I'm studying at the moment and my tutor he just speaks for like it's online so he speaks for about three hours he doesn't do any quizzes or questions he doesn't pick on people and so yesterday during college I I completely just dazed out I didn't even realize that I dazed out but it was so not interesting and so my plan for this week, when I get a chance, is going to be to write down the key points that I need to know from each chapter and then create questions from them or find questions from them. But yeah, you need to know whether you're good at memory or whether... And if, you, if you're good at memory, you need to learn how it's best to memorise things for you. So some people like writing, some people like reading. Sometimes um, they say online to record yourself speaking and then listen to it so that you're taking it in again um but yeah just definitely do your research and find out what your best way to learn is because you need to utilize that and your teachers probably won't Mm -hmm. um 
I haven't been to university yet, but I can say for GCSE and A-level students, um, past papers will literally be your best friend. I don't think I use them as much as I should have at A-level. Um, but like do the past papers again and again, like after time and time again, and that will genuinely improve your exam technique. The one thing I found at A-level was I didn't get to do as many past papers as I would have hoped was because I simply didn't know the content. You need to put in the time to learn it, memorize it, and then you'll be able to do the past papers. However, if you've not put that time in, then obviously you're going to struggle with it. Um, for the memory kind of stuff, um, one app that really, really worked for me, and we are not sponsored at all by them, but I would say is download Quizlet. Um, normally you'll be able to find study sets that other people have made and created on there and if you haven't then you can always create your own study sets on there I know me and one of my friends for A-level chemistry the both of us really struggled with synthetic roots and that was literally just you get from one chemical to another chemical and you need to know what temperature it has to be and what you need to add to it and it was literally just a process of you had to learn these things um, we couldn't find any on there. However, I created a document of like the year 12 ones and she created a document of the year 13 ones. And then we just shared them with each other. Help each other out because at the end of the day, you're all in the same boat. You're all trying to pass your exams at the end of the day. So you can help each other out with apps like Quizlet. You can all create different things and share those resources. And it really helps with memorising stuff. They've got a, a learn one where you can test your knowledge. They've got a flashcards kind of thing on there. And that always used to really help me personally. That is good advice. I might even have a look to see if there's AAT stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing would be don't just try and reread your notes. Um, the amount of times... You could do that at GCSE before a test. You would just read read through your notes before the end of topic tests and be fine. It, it's not the same at A-level because it's not just knowing the content. You need to be able to apply it. Like the application is what will catch you out because they'll teach you diffusion and osmosis, but you'll have to then apply it to something you've never heard about before. Um so just rereading your notes isn't going to work. You need to be able to apply that knowledge to 101 different situations. Plus, the questions are always written in a weird worded way. So definitely, definitely redo questions constantly. Um, one thing I found was if you know that there's someone that you revise well with and you work well with, um, help each other revise together speak to each other about it but also if you know that there are other people that you do not revise well with do not sit with them do not try and revise with them because you know it's just not going to work I would have studies with both of those kind of people I'd have studies with people I really get on with and then I'd have studies with people who I didn't get on with as much but I could always revise well with them so make sure you're taking time to actually put in the work and spend time with them and another thing is in sick form use your freeze don't be that person that goes out all the time that plays cards all the time 
that sits and messes about during them. I know that they're free periods and I know that you want to enjoy them. However, beforehand, when you were a year 11 student, you used to have five lessons a day. Like you can take half an hour and use the other half an hour of that free to actually do work. Because the amount of times I would do work throughout my entire freeze, and I feel like it did benefit me. Um, it's ju- it's just a good um, process to have in place. Our um, free periods at Sixth Form weren't free periods. So we had like a free, but we had to sit in this study room and study. Like you could study whichever topic you were struggling with or whatever, whatever subjects you were struggling with. But we had to work through them, so we weren't allowed to just mess around. We fully had to be, we had to mark our attendance and sit in this room and study, which I think in hindsight is a good idea because those frees, it was too easy to just not do anything. Um, but yeah, I'm quite glad ours didn't have study periods. Mm-hmm. We had study periods and we had free periods, so. A lot of people will use their studies and they'll just use their studies. But if you've got something like five frees a week, that is five hours where you could be doing work. Do not just waste that time going out with friends. I know year 12 and year 13 is incredibly stressful, but it will be worth it at the end. If doing, say, working three of those hours out of five means the difference between a grade you're not going to want to look back and be like, oh, I wish I used my freeze because I can handle my heart. Say I use the majority of my freeze to work through them. Do you have any advice to any students that would like to take, say, accounting and finance? Did you struggle with what did you struggle most with? Um, yeah, I would say that I, I think only go to university if you're going for the experience. But even then, you can have that experience through friends that are going through other people that go in I just I wouldn't recommend uni for it because like I said it's really hard to get a job afterwards um so there were two people from my course who um who applied for jobs at somewhere that I was already working because I dropped out and did my apprenticeship so when they were in the third year and doing placement years they applied for jobs where I worked and neither of them got it because they didn't have experience and I just think it's hard to get experience when you're in uni and proper experience as well because I think a lot of firms even if they give you part-time hours for like a few hours a week they're not giving you proper stuff to do so you you can't really say that you know how to do something like the course if you don't know how to do it um so yeah definitely definitely have a proper think about whether you want to go into uni and what the reason that you go in and if it's worth it because it's a lot of debt and it's a lot of time and money spent for something that you could get paid to do mm-hmm. and there are so many good apprenticeship schemes as well out there yeah what did you find the hardest did you say what at AS what did you take you took maths you took business English lit and sociology which out of your four subjects did you find the hardest um so maths was definitely probably the hardest but that's because at the beginning I I kind of I was following it for the first few weeks and then I got lost on like one particular subject and then I lost all my motivation and I just I wasn't focusing and concentrating 
but towards the end of like coming to coming up to exams I was really enjoying maths again mm-hmm. I think I think I enjoyed all my AS subjects I I like sociology the absolute most because it's interesting yeah but um maths was definitely the hardest to, to get back into once I'd lost like one one topic it was hard to get myself back back into it mm-hmm. but yeah I would do maths again and that's I think another piece of advice that I have for current A-level students, future A-level students, is that um, from GCSE to A-level, you will go from getting A's to then getting D's. I remember I used, I used to get A's at GCSE A-level for science. No, not GCSE, GCSE science. And then on my first A-level test, I think I got a C. And I was so distraught over a C. I was crying. I was so upset. And now looking back at it, I'm like, what were you upset about? I would be so happy to get three C's on results day. Um, so it's it's all, I think you need to put it into perspective. Like at GCSE, you would get through a topic in a couple of months. At A-level, you would get through a topic in a week. Um, the content is always, our school like to phrase it as a step up. I would like to phrase it as 10 flights of steps up. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is a huge, huge, huge leap. Um, so don't get disheartened if the first few tests that you do aren't what you're expecting. Use try and use that to motivate you because it's incredibly difficult. I'm sat here saying that as well. I think I had a few bad tests right at the beginning, and that did cause me to lose my motivation, which then. I think would would set me off in like a downward spiral kind of thing. Instead, what you want to do is you want to use those grades to kind of motivate yourself to be like, okay, well, I know I can do better than this. Um, here's what I'm going to do to improve myself. And know that it's okay if you do get a bad grade. Like they underst- your teachers will understand that it's a step up and don't expect to be getting the exact same grades you were at GCSE. Yeah, I would also say if you're struggling, ask for help because I definitely didn't ask early enough. And when I did, I'd kind of lost all motivation and lost all focus, especially in maths. And I was really struggling. And then I did ask for help and I got loads of support. And I did quite well because the mocks that I did before exam week, I think I got a, either a C or a B. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, I think... And like before in my mocks, I was getting used. So I did massively improve. But if I'd have asked for help earlier, it would have been so, it would have been so much easier and less stressful than waiting until the last like couple of months. So definitely ask for help. Your teachers are there to help. And if like me, you don't have teachers that you feel like you can approach, speak to your friends. You're going to have one person in the class that's getting those A stars, those A's. If you don't feel comfortable approaching them, Go for someone who's maybe not getting as high, but like still a grade that you'd be happy with. Speak to other people in your class because they'll all be able to explain it in a different way to to what the teacher was explaining it. Um, I had this one teacher that I definitely could not approach for chemistry. And um, one of my best friends, she was doing so well in chemistry. So every Wednesday we'd have a double free in the afternoon for two hours and she would sit with me and she would talk me through the entire topic and that will be if 
if those friends are happy to sit and talk you through said topics or help you as well, it's good revision for them because what they would always say to me is, in order to teach someone, you need to have enough knowledge of that subject to be able to teach it competently. And if they can't teach you it one way, like they will try and teach you it a different way um, because they need to know that subject well enough to be able to teach another person it. That's why it's good revision for them as well as good revision for you because you're finally learning it just in a different way. True. And if all of that fails, definitely ask your parents to find you a tutor. Because mm-hmm. tutors will go through specific topics and it's one-on-one, so it's not like there's a whole class and you only get a little bit of attention. You'll have all of it and you can ask any questions then. Yeah, definitely. I will, I have been privately tutored, oh my God, thinking about it, from the age of, from year nine, so I think that's probably the age of year 13, um, age 13, all the way up until my year 13, so 18. So from, for five years, I've been tutored, and I feel like it has made a huge difference in my confidence in where I was in the subjects at the beginning versus the end and I I feel like I do owe a lot of credit to the amount of work that my friends and tutors put in rather than necessarily just my teachers yeah it's just extra help whenever and you need it get it from yeah one thing I wish that I had done more of as well is using YouTube videos for subjects like biology where it's like anatomy and like the actual body there are so many good like youtube channels out there one of my favorites personally was the amoeba sisters um but i'm sure if you google anything for your subject you'd be able to find some out there definitely um and i think that's is that everything for this week's podcast episode i think so um Mm. yeah i think we covered pretty much everything for our study then um I was going to say also I was going to add earlier that for the online courses if there are older people looking at this or even younger actually there's another website which I use called edX and that's the same it's got free online courses on there Mm -hmm. um so definitely I'll add that link too um but yeah I, I have definitely gone through many many different career choices like at one point I wanted to be a midwife and I started doing this course and then I was thinking this isn't for me like the amount of memory that you need to remember all of that stuff like it's just not for me um and I was gonna say as well as an added point something that you can do is find people find authors who have written books about the field that they work in and read them because you'll get a full you'll get a proper view of what that job is going to be like once you're in it. So it might help you to make a career choice because reading about what the job is going to be like on online or watching like a three-minute YouTube video isn't the same as someone who's lived through that experience. So if you don't know someone who's doing a job you want to do, definitely try and find a book that that author has written. I feel like with these massive open online courses as well, um, not knowing what you want to do or like what course you want to study at university this is like this could be really useful for someone who is indecisive because like you said you 
did that course and then was like, there's no way I want to be a midwife. So possibly just pick a few courses that you think you'd be interested in, try them. And if you hate them, definitely don't do that subject at university. But you never know, you might surprise yourself, do a massive open online course on something that you love and that could be what you want to do at university and you've then found your course. Yeah, I was just remembering that I started that course and then I read a book by, um, it, he was a doctor, I can't remember the name of it now, but he was a doctor and he was talking about kind of the babies that he delivered and like some of the horror stories in that really put me off. I I was just thinking that's not for me um, and that's why I thought of the book thing, but I think it's definitely handy to kind of get a day in the life sort of view of what it actually is like unfiltered oh and to any of our possible medical students that are listening out there um this is going to hurt by adam k he actually um used to be a junior doctor and then he dropped out because of how much he just didn't enjoy it and he's now i think a comedian and he's wrote a book about all the things um that he found comedic i suppose about being a junior doctor um so that's one I'd recommend reading. I found that incredibly funny. I and think then... that's the same book that I read. Does he talk mm. about Dylan Babies in that one? I think so. Because he's got two books, right? But I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like some of the stories that he that he read in there, I was literally sat on public transport having a nightmare. <laughs> I was having a meltdown over these stories that he was telling. And I was thinking like, there's no way I would survive that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm far too soft for that for that environment. And for a lot of those sort of courses as well, medicine, dentistry, pharmacy, um, a lot of things that are going to make you stand out with your personal statement is work experience. Some of them even require it. I think a lot of medical schools do require it. This year was an exception due to COVID. However, again, that medical experience, that work experience of any way, shape or form could be the difference between you liking that career and then absolutely hating it um because they're obviously very varied you're never going to see like two patients that are the same um so getting work experience in that field could possibly be the deciding factor for you I know that I originally started wanting to do medicine and then went and did work experience in a pharmacy and I found it so interesting that I actually considered switching to pharmacy Obviously, that wasn't the case, as I've applied for biomed. But um, just try your hand at work experience in different areas, different things. Um, It's always good to have different options. And you never know, like, if you go for an interview for, say, one of these subjects, you can be like, if they ask you, oh, how do you know that? Oh, you want to be a doctor? You could be like, well, I tried work experience in this field, this field, this field. And I found that my medical work experience was by far the most interesting um and then you've obviously you've tried your hand at different things and you can tell the interviewer that so it will make you stand out I suppose more from other people definitely yeah definitely (laughs) yeah um so now I think that is the end of this week's episode um not as long as last um the last episode however I think we did cover a lot of intense and heavy stuff for this one. Um, The main message for, I think, the end of this episode is that whether you go to university or not, 
you are still going to be successful in life. You can still achieve great things. It's not required. Um, Nisha is a key example of this. She did not go. She went to university for one year and then dropped out. And yet Mm -hmm. she is thriving, thriving and has just bought her first house. So living my best life right now at 24. Mm hmm. Exactly. And she does not have all that debt over her head that she would have had had she gone to university for the full four years. True. Any other last words for our listeners? No, I was thinking we could do a random question at the end. Mm hmm. Okay. I found one online from a random question generator. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Um, The question is, what dumb accomplishment are you most proud of? Um random accomplishment am I most proud of um I would say becoming the mental health prefect at secondary school that was a very big achievement of mine especially when I found out I think there was something like 10 people or something that all applied to be this mental health prefect and only three of us got the role so I was like okay the school think I can make make a change um encourage some difference in the school so I was very happy with that what about you um what did I say earlier that was my life accomplishment I can't remember now I said something earlier after the last episode Mm -hmm. I think when we were speaking um I would definitely say buying a house but I it still doesn't feel like it does feel like my house but it feels more like I don't know. I can't believe I've actually done it. Yeah, I think that is 100% something you should be proud of. It's a huge achievement. And one of the things that I look up to, I look up towards you most about. Yeah, definitely. See, never would have got my house if I was being in uni. Yeah. I think everything just works out the way it's supposed to. Big thing um, that I live life by is que sera, sera. What will be, will be. And if it's meant to happen, it will true very true um so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode um if you guys have any questions about our academic journey or would like to ask us anything about our journeys um feel free to dm us them on instagram or comment them in the um podcast comment section um if you would like to follow the Instagram at Evolving Indians, that's where we'll be most active and we can interact and chat with you guys on there. And my personal Instagram is at artimira.patel. Oh, sorry. Yeah, mine is at Big Niche, which is N-I-S and then three H's. Um, hope that you have a good rest of your week. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.